Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion Team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yeah, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, I'll be honest with you, that was the hardest yo to figure out that I've done in a while. Cause like they won three straight, but I mean, come on. It's hard to really, you know, I, you're going to, I know as soon as I'm done talking, you're like, it feels getting hot. But like, you know, it's hard, buddy. Where are you at with this team right now? Where am I at this team? Yes. Yes. Are you like, you're like on board, ready to roll playoffs? No. I mean, right. I'm not. Like, I, I couldn't have handled it. I didn't know how I was going to approach it if you tried to bring it. Well, and, it did. You know. I could tell by your yo that you were conflicted. <laughs> I really could. I was so conflicted, man. I, I know. know. Like, cause they won three straight. So, like, there should be some, like, something there. So, I could just do the yo, whatever. But, like, man, it's no. hard to really feel it. You know? <laughs> and, yeah, I agree. Honestly, James, like, how I feel right now is kind of how I felt most of uh, 2019, you know, most of 2018. Uh, I mean, 2020 was just a weird year, whatever. But, like, remember, this is kind of like how we were in, in 18 and 19 when it was like, yeah, they're winning, but this isn't really sustainable, you know? And and listen, I, I'm honestly, I mean, this is the most conflicted I've been as well because um, like, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because I love the Philly. Like, I... I genuinely, I love this baseball team. And you could tell the people, James, what I texted you on Saturday um, about, like, being excited for the game tonight and, and what. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Buddy. And, like, I, I genuinely am. It's just my, my my big, my big, I just, honestly, I wish I could be more in on them. Like, I wish I could be more in on them. But I look at the level of competition. The, the Diamondbacks, like, watching a team that was worse defensively than the Phillies was, was shocking. I was like, I didn't, think, I didn't think I could possibly see worse than the Phillies, and then the Diamondbacks came to town. So I saw that. I see a team that's really untalented. I mean, like, Kettle Marte's awesome. Uh, Rojas is awesome. But other than that, like, I don't, I don't believe in that team. And honestly, like, the Phillies are so banged up right now. I mean, JT's hurt. Reese is hurt. Eflin's done for the year. Like, they're just... They're just banged up. Like Archie yesterday, I mean, holy crap, man! Um, just looked, just looked like his arm almost was dead in a way. Uh, JD Hammer was throwing ninety-one out of nowhere. Like I, it feels like it feels like <laughs> the wheels are about to fall off. Like they're 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 floating right now. They're staying above water, most because of the competition that they're playing. Um, but I can't be like, here's the run, here we go. Like you know, who let the fills get hot? Because they're not, they're not. First off. They're not playing insanely well. They're playing bad competition, and they're banged up. Like unless Bryce goes on like a a Ryan Howard two thousand eight like September, I think the starting staff will be fine. I wish Eflin could come back, but I think they'll be for the most part fine. And the bullpen, if these guys start getting banged up, I I don't know. 
you know, how they kind of survive. So it's just, it, it, it's tough right now. It, it's tough right now. Yeah. And look, Archie, I'm not going to say that him not coming on the podcast is the reason he's having this late season swoon. Right. But, but, I'm, it, but I'm not going to not say that. Like, I'm I'm not going to say, oh, he's just hurt or whatever. I mean, there was probably a path towards a better season. He didn't take it. It's okay. It happens, you know. Well, and mostly because this this podcast never falters late in the season. Like, we... No. 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 Never. We never, like, you know, put our support towards someone and then have that backfire. Never happens. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, if we say Hector Neris is is awesome... He goes out and he's awesome, right? After we well, say it. well, I will say we 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 tested the baseball no, we're not guys. We're talking about him. We're not even talking about Hector. Don't even bring him up. We're not doing this. I, Hector, listen, I don't want to bring. Leave, leave him alone. Leave Hector. We're protecting Hector by not talking about him. All right, but James, let me just say one thing. Resign Hector Neris. I said it. <laughs> I don't care. Bring him back. This Hector. How about this? Hector Neris is unjinxable. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> By the way, for those wondering, what you texted me on Saturday night was, why am I excited to watch the Phils tonight? And my response was, because you have a real problem. <laughs> no, and that's, it. And that's how I feel about this team right now. Um, look, yeah, they beat the Diamondbacks three in a row. It, they should have swept, let's be honest. Yes. They lost, what, 11 of 15 before, 12 of 16 before. So, yeah. After, you know, three-game win streak against the Diamondbacks, it's hard to get excited. They only game one game in the standings. You would have liked to see the Giants. Way to go, Gabe. Yeah, thanks, Way Gabe. Way to go. You win games all season. Then it comes the one time we actually want you to win games, you know? Sure. Uh, look, I <laughs> I just want it to be a fun end of the season. I don't expect – I mean, they'd have to play like 700 baseball realistically unless the Braves are going to tank to or the Reds are going to tank to make this – like to actually pull this off. But – you know, look, if, if this next week, like if we want to look at the positive, like this week is it. The Braves play three against the Dodgers and th- and four in Colorado, which you would think, you know, oh, it's the Rockies. Did you know the Rockies are 20 games above 500 at home? Like they're one of the best baseball teams in the league at home. Again, I'm out. I do not, not expect them to do it, I, whatever. But like if they're not two out at the end of the week, it's like officially cooked, done, over. Oh, I couldn't disagree anymore, James. If I have to, <laughs> can I? Can I? Do I have permission to call my shot on this show? Please, you always do. Yes. This is going to come down to the no. This is what's going to happen. Oh, I saw your tweet. Yes. I knew where you're going with the this. Philly- this is, you're right. I mean, if we're being real about the Phillies, this is the way it'll play out. The Phillies will be one game out heading into the Brave series at the end of September, the second series before the end of the year, and they'll take two or three. They'll take first place or whatever. And then they'll go to Miami and they'll lose two or three. There is just there is no there's no scenario, in my opinion, that is more of a lock than them overtaking first place or being tied for first place after the Brave series in the at the end of September and then just laying an egg against the Marlins. And James, like, I'm only doing this because I want to protect us from ourselves. That like honestly, like I would quit the podcast. I mean, I, I it really I wouldn't be able to come back from that. I, I I just I would not be able to come back from it. To, to have I'm I'm already getting upset just thinking about it. And it hasn't even I happened know. yet. The beautiful thing is that as as much as that is the the most Phillies like way that this could play out. I mean, the odds are they're not going to get that close. Oh, so, enough with your you odds. Know, enough with your you odds. Know, I mean, let's be real. They're not going to make it that interesting. It'll be over by then, Jack. In all honesty, they'll get swept by the Braves. They'll have a chance going into that series. The Braves will sweep them, and we'll be like, all right, well, on to next year. I just want to win my bet over 81 and a half at this point. Yeah, we got to make sure Zoe can still go to college. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, I I also... A little over-optimistic about that one, in my opinion. Yeah, a couple people have pointed this out. I don't remember uttering this sentence, but apparently I did. That I said I would quit this podcast if they don't win over 81 games. So that's also I on mean, the line. I mean, it sounds incredibly likely that you said that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do remember uh, Break the Book. No, no, <laughs> it's Bankrupt, bankrupt the Bookies. Bankrupt the Book, yes, yes. Um, and yeah, so I guess it was a title of one of our former podcasts. So sure. it's, it's officially right. yeah. officially on the record. Um, so that's something oh, that's something to watch heading down the stretch here. Will I still be on this podcast uh, by wow, the end so of the year? So this could be like the the stretch run of the IOPS podcast, yes. theoretically. Yes, and let not me, just and, uh, important September with the Phillies, an important September for this podcast. And let me say this: there will be no podcast if the scenario I laid out earlier happens. <laughs> like I'm just 
just warning yeah, we're you. Go, we're going dark. We're going radio silent yep. if that happens. Oh, it would be just, oh, I, I, again, already getting upset thinking about it. Do people want pods from that? I always wonder that. I always wonder, yes. like, inside baseball. Well, I always wonder if, like, if they, like, like us there to commiserate with and if it's, like, they're like a bomb for the soul, so to speak, to like hear some, you know, people who are like you diseased and whatever, like to hear their feelings on display and the emotional that, or I wonder if people are like bleep that I don't care. I hate this team. Give me a break. I always wondered. Jack. So, uh, our numbers are always better when obviously the fills are like, we had our first, uh, we had our first, we had our biggest episode listened to ever uh, with the, uh, the well, after they won eight, eight straight, game win straight. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. So that was. We did. Yeah. But I do think I do think the diehards of this podcast. What could we do if we had a if the Rays were our team? Like what oh. kind of pod could they, Would we be national by now? Would we be on ESPN? They'd be playing cuts of us because like you know. Yeah. Ah, well, like you go, see bro. all these other podcasts that are big deals. Like listen, like we're like just be better as a as a as a baseball oh. team and like I don't know maybe we can make something out of this. It it is the Phillies that are holding us back. I'm of gonna look course. at it that way. It's it, nothing to do with us. No, just the everyone knows that. Everyone knows <laughs> it's the Phils, not us. Ah, it's it, that oh, is what it is. Buddy. I know. Uh, Imagine like, dude. I I I was. I think I was actually texting Spike about this. Um, like you know, before the Yankees went on their their run, but they were like 68 and like they're like 68 and like 55, and like if that was the Phillies. We would be like pr- planning the parade down Broad Street, and meanwhile they're like, "Well, Aaron Boone needs to be fired and all this stuff," <laughs> and, you know. And then there's us where it's like we're four games over 500, and we're like, "Listen, playoffs, lock, lock it in." We're 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 it's go time. So, um, yeah, it's just we're oh. we're starving for a good baseball. Team. Like we are desperate, well, like that, desperate. And that's what makes me so mad is that they won eight straight. It's like the city is is so back in, like couldn't be more in on the fills. And then they just go out and play like crap ever since. It's like, see, this is why. <laughs> and that's and this is why. This is why. So, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Awful. I mean, that's it, though. You nailed it. I mean, we are like, like, starving is such a perfect word for it. Like, desperate, dying for just a glimmer of good baseball in this city. That's it. That's all we want. We're desperate. Just... Give us something, and we get eight game, an eight game win streak, and like we're literally like World Series, yeah. And then it's like you know, it's it's like right back, man, yep. right back, like to our what we are, what we do. It's, it's, I'm not gonna say it's soul crushing, but you know, some souls are crushed, Jack. Yep, mostly mine, but <laughs> yes, they won three straight, so everything's fine. All right, let's uh, let's look Uh, macro. Like you said before, I think I think one of the reasons it's like, you know, it's impossible to to buy in on this team because of what we just talked about, the eight straight and then the cratering. And it's just like the ultimate hammer at home reminder of what this team is and what they've been and and all that. But like it just I think the other thing that makes it so hard to like even really get jacked up or excited about it is the injuries like no Rees, no Eflin like I mean they're rolling out like we've talked about this so many times but it's like when Brad Miller and Travis Jankowski and Ron Torres are like your bench guys they're awesome that's a a really nice bench to have when they have to play every day it's a disaster Jack like they're just not good enough like it's a I mean they're rolling out a lineup night tonight especially with JT out not that JT has been a, a, a well above average hitter this year let's be honest but when JT's out, I mean, it's literally Harper and Segura, the only major league hitters in the lineup. Like, that's it, dude. It's bad. Yes. And it's, it's, they're not deep at all. Like, I think the, the six, seven, eight tonight, I think is what Jankowski, um, Marshawn, and I'm trying to find the lineup real quick, but like, I'm sure it's I mean, that's no, brutal. yeah, Therese, Hold on. It's, uh, yeah, so it's yeah the bottom of the lineup tonight. It goes Miller, Galvis, Torres, Marshawn. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, that is brutal. Now they are they're playing the Nationals, so like it's it's probably fine. But like, Ange McCutcheon, who I love, and obviously we talked about how much we love, and I think he's starting to come around a little bit. Um, but like he can't be a four hole hitter. Like when him and Didi were in the four, were like alternating in the four hole. It's like this is. The, 
<laughs> this is what we're trying to win a division with right now is is like these guys alternating at the top of the lineup or in the four hole. Like that's not how that's not how you win. And like the longer the longer that those guys are in the four hole, and it's probably gonna be for the rest of the year. Um, like Bryce is just gonna get nothing to to, to swing at because guys are just gonna pitch around him as they probably should. So um, yeah, that lineup is just it's just it's just ugly given what we thought we were gonna have on paper, which was. Like you know, Alec Bohm in the in the seventh hole or or whatever. Like it's just like Bohm and Didi being as bad as they have been this year have really just sunk the 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 depth that this lineup should have had on paper. Yeah, and then losing Hoskins. I mean, we've yes. talked about it, but he's just the one real bopper in the line. I mean, Harper obviously is a bopper, but Harper is just your best hitter by far, and the 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 one piece that that you can't live without. But like. In terms of from like a lineup construction perspective, like they just don't have any power. And with Hoskins out, it's just, it's it just it it like shouts at you. You look at the lineup, you're like, there's no one here. And and mentioning Harper, it's just honestly, when I look back at this season, like I'm gonna be bummed about the eight game win streak and the up and down, all that. But the 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 thing I'm gonna really look back on and say like, I was about to say a curse. I'm gonna say bleep. Like long like that, I'm gonna say bleep. We wasted that season, man. Like yep. Bryce Harper is putting up. If the Phillies are a first place team, he's the MVP. He's got the highest OPS in baseball. He's got like ten thousand extra base hits since the All Star break. He has been everything you could want that guy to be in more. Like he has been again the best hitter in the sport, and it's just. It's just not gonna go anywhere, man, and it and it sucks. Like it's a, that's when I when I look back at this, I, I my biggest regret about this season is gonna be looking at Bryce Harper's season and saying, well, that was for nothing, and that sucks. Well, and Wheeler for me too. I mean, uh, the race sure. the race sure. start hurt, but I mean he's still probably gonna finish top three in Cy Young. Um, so you know, wasting a top three in Cy Young year and a Bryce like a peak 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 Bryce season is not uh, is not great because. Well, it's just it's it's, yeah, it's just well not. Said. So, um, because like realistically, like if you were trying to, if if I told, all right, if I told you at the beginning of the season, James, that Bryce Harper's gonna have OPS over a thousand and Wheeler is gonna be top three in Cy Young voting, you would think that they're a playoff team, right? No doubt, without question. Right, and they're they're not. Also, um, well, they're not yet. They still could get hot. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the nail in the coffin just yet. But also, I just. Like what would his what would his season look like if if he didn't get hit in the face? I mean, oh, buddy. And there's basically three weeks there where he just well he's one hurt and also trying to come back from that. Yeah, well, the, that's the thing is it's not just the time he was out; it was like the two weeks after. Like he wasn't the same. It took him a little while to get back. Yeah, and did. the time he was like hurt. Remember, like he was like back for like a week and then had to be out again and all that. And like for like two weeks there, he was like the worst hitter in baseball. Like. It's crazy to think about Jack. Like we could be talking about like a 1090 OPS or 1100 OPS if, if that had happened. Yeah, fun times. Fun like times. Bond stuff. Ah, oh, it's a drum. But like that, uh, it really does. It hurts my soul, Jack. It hurts my soul that they're gonna waste this Harper season. And the injuries just make it hard to like, you know, get jazzed up. Look, the starting pitching's been great. I mean, like at least you know the Kyle Gibson deal. I think you feel really good about having that guy as part of the rotation next year. I mean. He's been nothing but awesome since he's been here and and definitely a, a, a guy we like here, gamer attitude, feisty, all that stuff. But um, is there any way the pitching staff can carry them over the last month, Jack? Well, I think they like I think they're gonna keep them in games. I mean, the only spot that you don't feel great about right now is the is the more spot. Um, you know, I mean like it's so funny. They traded for Kyle Gibson, and he's like exactly what they traded for. I, I, like that can't be overstated. Might be even enough. better. Might be even better. Yeah, ERA still under three. I think the Phillies are one of five teams this year that have three starters that, with an ERA under three. Well, because Rangers technically in there. So, uh, and by the way, by the way, we gave them a lot of crap for it. He's been awesome as a starter. Rangers been awesome. He has, and and the thing I'm at with Ranger is how, like how good is Ranger. You know, like I think he's pretty good at limiting hard contact. Like it, it seems like he's, you know, he, clearly, yeah, he's very good. Oh yeah, at, that's an eye test thing. Like you don't even need to look at numbers. You can watch him pitch and say they don't really hit the ball hard off him. Yeah, like he limits hard contact. Like is he is he Jose Quintana? Like is that the kind of guy he is? You know, like ninety one to ninety four, uh, good slider, good changeup. Like is that 
Because Jose Quintana was a good pitcher there for a little bit. Uh, just got very, a very good pitcher. Underrated for a long time. Um, yeah, no so, so maybe he's like that kind of guy. Because he's not going to pitch to a one eight, obviously. Um, no, you think? No, I don't. So you're saying he's not going to win multiple Cy Young. Bold take. Bold take. I don't think Ranger Suarez is going to win. Uh, is going to pitch to an ERA below two. But um, you know, you do kind of have to re- like the the fact that they go into next year with Ranger possibly being their five. You know, I mean, it goes, it goes Wheeler, Nola, Eflin, Gibson, and if Rangers, your five, that gives you a chance on most nights. You know, you hope Eflin come back and be healthy. Um, Gibson kind of have a similar year. And I, I do trust that Kyle Gibson will have a similar year to this year. I don't know if it's going to be as great, but like Rangers just changed the whole equation for him. Um, and, and what he did really well Saturday, uh, no, no, yeah, Sunday, sorry, yesterday, use that slider more because he, he needs that pitch if he's going to. If he's going to continue to advance here as a starter, you know that that slider is a good pitch, um, and it kind of keeps everyone off balance. You know, changeups, fastballs are great for, you know, late inning stuff and all that stuff. But uh, to be a legit starter, you need that third pitch, and it feels like he's kind of finding it again. And he kind of ditched it when he went to the bullpen because he didn't need to. Like when he went to the bullpen, he didn't need to use the slider as much because he just needed to get out as fast as possible. Um, but now it's kind of giving the hitters another look. So. Um, could it be more impressive, Ranger? And uh, just a, another, another solid, solid outing yesterday. Yeah, I, again, and, and you know, mea culpa. We we ripped the decision. We ripped the move. Uh, I, you know, I still would go back and rip it. Like I don't, I don't feel bad about anything I said. I don't think we were wrong to say that. You know, this guy who's never been a successful starter is thriving in this role. Like, why would you pull him out of it? And hey. Good job, Phillies, and obviously good job, Ranger, because he's been awesome. And and if he's going to be this guy, and and look, he progressed. I mean, think about you know as a, a parallel. We're talking about Kyle Gibson, the guy who got traded, you know who he got who got traded away for him, and the fact that like Spencer Howard, how many starts can this guy not you know two, three, two and a third, two and a three and a third, whatever like. And Ranger Suarez in like two starts of stretching out is going seven or six yeah. thirds or whatever, yeah. right? I mean, seriously though, right? Like. You know, one versus the other, right? And this guy can't get through the third freaking inning. Start after start after start after start if you're stretching him out, whatever. And Ranger, it's like no problem. So, like, I don't know. I- I'm super impressed with Ranger, and I'm super excited about what he can be and what he can become because, look, I- I- obviously our ceiling for him was way too low. You know, the ceiling that you and I have talked about for Ranger Suarez, and I think a lot of people have for Ranger Suarez, is too low because right now in this moment, he's already above it. He's exceeding it in the moment. So I'm with you, man. And it does really put them in a advantageous spot, you know, not to already mail in this season. But, no, never. You know, <laughs> cause look, they're committed to this court and, and we'll get to the front office moves that happened since we last talked in a bit. Cause I, I'm sure a lot of people want to hear your thoughts on that. But, but in terms of, of the, the here and now, like the next two years of Phillies baseball, you know, they're committed to this court. Right. You know, we've talked about that. They need to draft and develop better. And that's what the future is all about. But for right now, these guys are here and they're not going anywhere. Harper's not getting traded. Zach Wheeler's not getting traded. You know, JT's not getting traded. They're here. So if we're going to, you know, kind of spin it forward to next year, the point you just made, like to go into the offseason with a starting rotation set, at least theoretically, I mean, it gives you so many options about how to build that roster out and fill all these other holes that you have and, and McCutcheon coming off the books, money coming off the books, you have some money to spend, you have ways to maneuver and maybe you go over the luxury tax and all that stuff. Like, you know, I, I think it, it heading into an off season or, you know, we're not there yet. Cause as Jack would say, they could get hot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, but, but I, I think like in terms of, you know, what you think about every year in building a team is, you know, especially with the Phillies, you know, for years is, yeah, we need pitching, you need pitching, you need pitching. They're set up pretty well from a pitching perspective yeah. heading into next season. I mean, that, as of now, that five is probably the best rotation in Phil's history, right? <laughs> sure, buddy. Sure. You don't think so? Just roll, roll with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Raiders, Raiders Suarez or Joe Blanton? Who's better? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one to do. You're right. Ranger. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah. It's hard to think of another. It's hard to think of another rotation in Phil's history as good as the 2022 <laughs> Phil's rotation. People are going to take you seriously. So it already has happened. On if Twitter, I if I tweeted that, if I tweeted that, it would cause a meltdown. Ah, oh, Ruben Amaro is going to lose his mind. Yep, he's going to be Jack again. What are you talking to 
Lamar Jack. What about 2011? You forget that? <laughs> Too young. I built that team, Jack. Yep. Come on, buddy. Uh, poor Rube. Like I love Rube. Uh, just uh, does not get my my Twitter uh, Twitter experience. No. Nor does Brett Myers. No. Turns out, no. Yes. Turn, turns out he does not either. But. Yeah, um, so, so, so I think what Brett Myers didn't realize is that you actually forgot they won the World Series I did. in 2008. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, you know. I did. I did. someone who loves the Phillies as much as you would just totally forget it, you know. Yep, I'm so young. Yeah. I'm so young. I can, <laughs> couldn't remember 2008. So, um, yeah, what a what a what an experience. But but in what all, a world we're living. Oh, it's ridiculous. If you told me uh, in 2000 whatever 12 that Ruben Amaro and Brett Myers would be tweeting back at me about. A sarcastic Phillies tweet, I would have said you're crazy. But here we are. So so it's a fun, fun timeline that but, we're living but, in. But, but we're here. Yeah. We, we made it, buddy. Yep. We made it. Yep. Um, all right. Um, I want to get to the take bag and, and anything else you have from the weekend series. But quickly before we move to that, because I don't want to forget. And I know it's not the Phillies, but um, <laughs> I'm so upset that this Javi Baez thing didn't happen here just so that we could talk about it for the next 600 years in Philadelphia. I mean... This this thumbs down thing is maybe I'm not kidding when I say this, Jack, maybe my favorite baseball story of the millennium. I love it so much. I, I it, it has everything. It's so great. Shout out to you, Javi Baez. You soft, awesome man. I love you. What are your thoughts on this? And, and what if? What if this were Bryce Harper? What if this were Gene Segura? What if this happened in Philly? Like the meltdown, Jack. Would WIP like burn to the ground? Is uh, it possible? I am begging one of them to do. I mean, like Sean Rodriguez did it. <laughs> like Sean Rodriguez did and, it. Yeah, and it's not even close to what Baez did. Oh and my yes, god, it's not right. even. Sean Rodriguez did the best he could. Dude, imagine, imagine like Middleton having to come out and write a letter to the fans. Like, <laughs> dude, it, it has. Buddy. It ha- it's so Mets. It's so Mets. It's not even funny. Like, it's it's the most Mets story ever. Like, they trade for Francisco Lindor. They gave him $341 million. He has batted 220, been absolutely terrible. And he has the, the, the gall to be a part of Javi Baez's thing about, about essentially they're booing the fans back. They're booing the fans. Yeah. That's, that's flat out what it is. Dude. They are booing they're fans. Dude, imagine the all right, imagine the Phillies losing what? Like they've lost a, what, like 14 of 16? I or, mean, think about it this way. We've been chasing the Mets all year, right? Like we've been talking about like all the Mets, all the Mets. The Mets are three games behind the Phillies. They're seven and a half out. Like they have cratered. And imagine the one game they have against the Nationals, oh. who are terrible, that they're they're doing the thumbs down thing. It is it is remarkable. Um like I also saw a stat today that, like, in his last 100, I think it was the last 162, um, like, Baez has, like, 223 strikeouts and 24 walks. Like He's it's got a sub-300 OBP, Jack. Dude, it's crazy. Um, it's awesome. It it's is, so great. It is so Mets. I couldn't be happier. Um, like, all the, the all the talk from Mets fans over the, the winter, like, well, we got the richest owner in baseball. It's going to change everything here. Uh, we got Francisco Lindor. We got, like, you know, all these uh, – DeGrom, MVP, even though he's the, the best opener in baseball. Like, it is uh, – everything has gone wrong for the Mets. It always will go wrong for the Mets. They actually might be more cursed than the Phillies. Yeah, I, I think they are. I mean, it's been longer since they won it all. And I mean, it's like, like, at least with the Phillies, it's like just an expected, you know, kind of a vibe that we have with the Mets. It's like, like a joke. You know what I mean? Like the Phillies are just are what we are. The Mets are a joke. And I, I don't know if that tracks because, you know, we are the losingest franchise and all that. Don't care. But. For some reason, like the Phillies just feel like a loser. The Mets feel like a joke. Does that make any sense? No, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, they're essentially like the Cowboys if they didn't win all those titles in the nineties. Yeah, right? I mean, that's good. I like that. It's pretty much oh, a, it's so great. It's pretty much it's the same so thing. But well, I, uh, thank you, Mets and Mets fans and everyone. Well, and for... it's just it's just so funny. Like everyone is giving a take on it. Like. The the, oh. the New York Post is crushing them. Like Tyler Kepner, who is the most like down the middle baseball writer out there, as down the middle as it gets. He yeah, is like just, a, a metronome. Just roasted him. Like just straight up roasted him. I mean, Chris, I mean, Ru- how Chris, would you not? Chris Russo's having a conniption on the air. Just like you know. And let me tell you, Mike, I can't even believe 
Leave it. I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, dude, I just, uh, just so jealous. I'm so jealous of of doing New York radio today. Yeah. Like it would have been. I, honestly, I wanted to just do the whole show on it at WIP today, and I knew we couldn't, but I wanted to. It's my favorite. It's my favorite story. And thank you to the Mets for as 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 bummed as we are as Phillies fans right now. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pay attention. We're gonna hope that something happens this year. But as bummed as we are. Like you really do just have a way of, of picking us up, you know, just making us feel just a little bit better that we're not Mets fans. So thank you. I do I love really, it. I really, I really, I like, honestly, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like I really appreciate it. And there's thank nothing you. that I love more than when something happens like this with the Mets, than playing meet the Mets. Like uh, it just, it just puts which, everything into context because, and here's why, because let's be honest. We never lie to the hopes listeners. Meet the Mets is a, amazing. Meet like it is, a, it is a, a great jingle, like a top tier, all time great jingle. And to compare that jingle with this joke, it's perfect. Um, it's perfect. I think Meet the Mets is fine. If we had, if we had a podcast, if we were a New York Mets podcast, would we be Meet the Mets? I mean, given that High Hopes oh, is yeah. off of High Hopes. I mean, we'd have to be, right? Uh, yeah. it, nothing, great. in my opinion. That's great. In my opinion, nothing will top Go Cubs Go, though. Oh, agree. I, like, there's no question. Go Cubs Go is the all-time best by far. Nothing's even I'm not even a Cubs top. fan, but I walk around sometimes saying, Go Cubs Go. And, like, the, their run in 2016 with that song was just, like, it was one of the coolest things I've seen hey, in baseball. Hey, Chicago, what oh, do you say? The whole crowd so, singing it. Oh, my gosh. I would ah. Like, I literally, I, if I could just. Just switch, <laughs> like just switch, um, and have that here. I would be just giddy. Very with you, like strong, like the strongest of agreements. Um, all right, thank you everyone for letting me uh, get that Mets thing out because I needed it. Um, all right, anything else from the weekend and then the take bag? But is there anything else you wanted to point out from, uh, you know, winning three straight against the Diamondbacks? Woohoo! Uh, listen, my last thing on that weekend is that. Uh, just another dominant weekend from Hector Neris. I mean, yet again, he pitched three games in a row, and he was, like, fine. Like, he was just good. So, um, Hector in the middle relief. It is interesting. Like, uh, it, Hector, Hector, Ian Kennedy, and Archie Bradley are all free agents at the end of the year. Like, who who would you, if you could only resign one, who are you resign? Hector. It's not oh, even close. Oh, good take. Good like take. I don't even think it's I don't even is this a uh, real discussion? I would like, I would I, mean, I would I would consider resigning Kennedy. I, I like Ian Kennedy. I do too. I think Hector is easily the best pitcher of the three. Come I think I think Destiny Laguardo put this up as a poll and like Hector was the last. And I was like, oh That's my outrageous. god. Oh. That's I mean I think he's the best pitcher of the three. I feel and obviously Kennedy I think is a better closer, so there's value in that. But I think Hector's the best pitcher of the three. Yes. So uh, and boy, again, like that Archie outing yesterday was terrifying. Like down, like oh. his, you could just see that his stuff was not where it had been previously for the last like two months. Like Archie for the last two months, like wasn't get getting many whiff, uh, whiffs, but he was good. Like he was, he, you know, he was getting a lot of soft contact and all that. But uh, what we saw yesterday, I, I kind of feel a little IL stunt coming, stint coming. Sure. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, again, I'm I don't I don't really know if it's the injury or not coming on the pod, but he definitely looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm not a doctor, but no. you know, it's one of the two. Mm-hmm. You said you, you wanted to come on you likely. said you wanted to come on as many Phillies podcasts as possible. And, I know. Uh, I mean, like, can we just, you know, for a second, like just don't put the tweet out, bro. Yeah. Like if you're gonna go on no Phillies podcast, like you know, pick one at least, even if it's not us, like go on one, like you went on none. You went on Chris freaking Rose. Like, I don't know. A little fraudish. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're not handling it. Well, I just, it, you know, just don't tweet it out, man. Like don't set expectations. Mr. You know, Philly's guy. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. All right. Don't lie to us. Just don't lie to us. That's all I'm saying. Yes. That's all we're saying. Because we don't, because we don't lie to the high ups listeners. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. All right. What else? Uh, front office changes. Oh yes, thank you. I teased it before. See, that's why Jack's the best. I teased it before, and then I forgot to get to it back to myself. Thank you. 
What'd you think? So Bonifay gone, Profrock gone. He's been around forever, obviously. Maniti, uh, I think two, uh, Maniti and Profrock, both assistant GMs, obviously. Um, Bonifay, the scouting director. Thoughts on the moves themselves and what they mean in a bigger picture? So, um, uh, I, I will give my take strong either way uh, when I see who replaces them. And that's not like a cop-out. Um, but I, I do think that they, I do think that they needed everyone to get on the same page and all the reporting that you'd seen, it kind of seemed like everyone was kind of pulling in different directions. You had the, the really data driven guys wanting to do things their way. You had the old school guys who want to do things their way. And it seems like they consistently butted heads and no one could get on the same, same page. And the fact that, you know, Dombrowski had been here for eight months and, and, and figured that out probably suggests that, that there's something going on there. Um, but I, and, and the reason why I'm waiting to, to give my opinion strongly on this is because it, it comes down to, are they going to revert back to the old school way of things like concerned about hitting the ball the other way and, you know, proper bunting techniques and like command and all this stuff, or are they can, are they going to continue to go down the path of, of data driven uh, data-driven, you know, teachings and then techniques and stuff. And believe me, I I think there's a lot of value in, um, you know, like old-school teachings when it comes to like, you know, playing the game and and that stuff. Like you see the Rays, right? Like the Rays came to town, and obviously they're very analytically driven, but they're also like a really smart baseball team. Like it's so annoying how like they do all the uh, the data and analytics and all that, but they're also like smart baseball players. So. Um, you know, I think there's some value in that, but I just, if they revert back to old school and they move on from the, the really data driven guys down there and don't continue to advance, I will just be woefully disappointed because the sport's not going back. The, the sport's not going back to the old school way of, 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 you know, hitting like it's not, <laughs> it's not going back to, oh, you got to even out the swing and level out the swing and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we don't want you to throw harder. We want you to be able to command your fastball. Like the game's going towards more power, more strikeouts, all that stuff. Um, and obviously we want to limit the three outcomes because that's bad. But um, the sport's just still training in that direction. Like you're not catching the Dodgers. You're not catching the Giants. You're not catching the best teams in the sport, the Rays, the Yankees. The Red Sox are getting there now. Like you're not catching those teams by reverting back to the old school way of things. So, um, you know, it, it, what I don't want to see is giving up on something because in two and a half, they, those guys have been here for two and a half years and really one and a half with a, with a pandemic. Um, like they had been, they had been developing poorly um, for almost an entire decade. Right. I mean, they've, they've been bad at this for a while now. A decade, Jack? We're talking like 130 years. No, 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 I know. But like in, in modern-ish times, like the last decade, they haven't been able to, to, to draft and develop guys. Um, and, you know, there had been older school people that have been here for a while that had, that had contributed to that. So I'd rather give these guys more time to figure it out than moving back to how things were when they couldn't develop anyone and it was just dreadful and it's been dreadful for a while. So um, I, I just, if they hire, if they if they continue in, in, in progress and data-driven and seeing, you know, kind of what we've seen from the lower levels of the minor leagues, then I'll be happy. But if they move on from those guys and revert back to how things were, I'll be furious. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's pretty basic. And look, again, we say it all the time, but I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there hating analytics and all that stuff, but but just look at the freaking sport. Like it is what it is. You know, like it or not, the Rays, the Dodgers, the the you know, these teams that Jack mentioned, the Astros, the Indians, like whoever you want to say these teams, the A's, the teams that year after year after year after year, especially like think about like the Rays, the A's, the Indians, these teams that year after year in the playoffs compete every year on a shoestring budget. Like again, the Rays spend a quarter, a quarter of what the Phillies spend one fourth of what the Phillies spend. And they're going to end up with like 30 more wins this year, 25 more wins this year. You know, that's not a mistake. That's because they're smart and they're run smartly and they use analytics and they're forward thinking like, like it or not, that's where the sport is. And you either have to keep up and compete or just go home. 
So, yeah, I'm with you. These hires are are crucially important. I have no problem with the firings or the reorganization or whatever you want to call it. Like, these guys have had ample time to to do a better job. They haven't. I have no problem with it. Keeping Brian Barber, I was really happy about that and made a point of commenting about Barber and saying that he was keeping him purposefully. So I think that's a well, good he, sign he's, he's, about where his head's at. Well, and he's, he's, he's reporting directly to Dombrowski. Yeah, so I know. So I think like that's kind of, you know, I, very key. A good thing. A good thing. So I'm with you. I think it's impossible to judge. I think the the getting rid of these guys is fine no matter what. I, I don't think anyone is pounding on the table saying you had to keep these guys. It's who you hire, obviously. It's it's what direction is this franchise going in? And are we going to finally end, to Jack's point, a decade, but also really, in reality, 130 years of, of drafting and developing poorly? And and that's the that's it. It's everything. Yeah, it's and, the entirety of the future. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I I do trust Dombrowski from the standpoint, like, I don't think he's going to revert back to, I, I think he believes, I think he believes that that data is still very, very important. And I think he's going to try his best to, to kind of find a balance between data driven and, and also just, you know, the, the kind of old school way of doing things. Um, and I, I just, I don't think he's going to revert back to how they were doing things, you know, you know, 20, 2010, I don't either. To 2010 to I like don't 2017. He's too smart. He's too smart. Look, I, I don't, for whatever issues we've had with Dombrowski and with the higher and stuff, like this guy is a baseball hall of famer. Like he's someone who is a hall of fame level executive in the sport. He has a lot of success under his belt and he knows how an organization, a, a, a well-functioning organization should run, should look. So I think that alone you know, is, is a positive and I'm with you. I think he's too smart and I think he's been around the game too long. And, and recently again, like whether or not, you know, the, the, we like the way that, you know, what he was hired to do and how he went about winning a world series in 2018 with the Red Sox. He still didn't win a world series in 2018 with the Red Sox. Like, it's not like he is totally, uh, unaware of how the game is supposed to be played now. So, I'm with you. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about yeah. that. Yeah, and I just like that. Um, he knows how a, obviously he knows that a good organization should run, and he came in here. He saw how divided everything was, and and now he is hopefully gonna unite it and have everyone on the same page and may create like a Phillies way, you know, like the way that they kind of do things. And because um, I do think they, I do think that they need that. So um, it's good. Uh, it's it's fine, you know. But again, it's all gonna come down to what direction they go. And uh, I just hope it's progressing rather than regressing. Yeah. Say that again, buddy. All right. What else in the take bag? All right. Let's get to the take bag. Um, so I, you know, obviously with Reese Dunn for the year, there's been a lot of, well, they should bring back Bohm. I don't want to have him on that I-95, you know, back and forth, all of that. Like, One or the other, right? Right. The point is, like, have him come up and play first base every single night. Or don't do anything. Leave him in the minors. Yeah, exactly. So if they listen, if they think he can come up and and he's ready to go, and you know, and they're willing to ride it out and not you know have a platoon with him and him and Brad Miller, then platoon. fine. I know, whatever platoon. I don't care. Uh, you still call you still call Reese Hoskins Reese. So I won't. Platoon. Uh, okay, Reese. Um. Anyway. So um. But if if he's gonna stay down there, I, I like I would rather just let him kind of stay down there, get his confidence back up, and be ready to go for next year, than thrusting him into a a, a a playoff run and possibly you know getting back to where he was. Like I just one or the other. Hundred percent agree. I don't. He just needs to play. He needs to develop, and he needs to not um, worry about all the things he was worrying about before. So I'm with you. Honestly, it probably. In reality, it probably makes the most sense to just keep him down there and, and not put any more pressure on him this year developmentally. But again, I do think the first base thing is interesting. You have a, a wide open opportunity to play him at first base every single night. I mean, we know he's not a third baseman. No matter what, for the future of his career, he's not a third baseman. So, you know, we hope the DH is coming. We think the DH is coming, but you've got other guys in the roster. Well, we don't hope. We don't hope. We don't hope. Could the, use, the DH. Yeah. Regardless, the point is, is that I think if you can find out if Bum can play first base, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So uh, interesting, interesting decision. But uh, I'm totally cool with just leaving him down there and, and letting him kind of get right rather than thrusting him up here and putting the pressure of playoff run on him and all that stuff. Um, ugh, talk about some prospects. 
Nobody. My guy, Ethan Wilson, uh, he had four hits the other night, including a walk-off home run. Uh, he's already raking in clear water. That makes me happy. It makes me giddy. And I just, uh, oh, I just, I can't wait. I already can't wait for Ethan Wilson's debut. I, I, I truly, truly cannot. Very much my guy. Um, speaking of prospects, how's this for a uh, for a line for Bryson Stott in August? Are you ready? Oh, buddy. 420 batting average, 680 Sorry. slugging percentage, <laughs> no 1,035, 1,135 OPS, five homers. I mean, listen, him and Bryce, two hottest hitters on the planet. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I don't hate it, Jack. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just massive. You know, when he was. So, so we're saying he could come up and be a better hitter than Didi right now. Obviously, uh, right? Not, not saying it, but it's, uh, it's interesting because like, uh, he came up and he was like fine at Reading, but he was still like striking out a ton. And um, he was like striking out, and he's kind of like the ultimate three outcome. These are walk, strike out, or home run. And now it's just like, wow, he's he's really arrived. And man, do, do they need that? Like I just I just need a prospect to come up and be good. But um, yeah, it's it's a, been a massive month for Stott. So I mean, you I need a prospect to come up and be good for more than a half yes, a season. Yes. So I wonder if he goes. Yes. I do wonder if he goes to Lehigh Valley soon. I mean, that would be. Two two level raises in a year, which is a lot, but um, you know why not? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm. I uh, look. It's exciting to get excited about someone like Bryson Stott. How about that? All right. And my final thing. <laughs> my final thing is that uh, listen, Didi's a good guy, but like you traded for Freddie Galvis. Why are you not playing Freddie Galvis at shortstop when Didi's here? Like I just, I just don't get it. Like Freddie is a like, other than like they owe it to Didi to continue playing him at shortstop. Like Freddie's here. So, like have Didi at third base. Who cares? Like why? Why are you continuing to play Didi at shortstop when you traded for Freddie Galvis, who's the better shortstop, and Didi's not giving you anything at the plate? Like it just, it just makes no sense to me. Like just play Freddie there. Like Freddie is a one of the best shortstops, defensive shortstops in baseball. Like I don't get the whole why are we playing him at third base? He's not. We don't need him at third base. We need him at shortstop. It's been a problem all year long. Like I just is it a legacy thing? He's been here for two years. Yeah, like we, we, this isn't the Yankees. This isn't like when Jeter was old. Like what are we doing? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm. Um, I like a a zillion i was trying to i was like a billion no not enough trillion no. i'm a zillion percent with but like you but have you noticed that as well like why if, yeah I feel like it, it makes no sense why like, does I mean, no like, one ask girardi post game like hey you traded for freddie galvis why is he not playing question. shortstop yeah i mean look you have you have two shortstops on the roster but i mean in reality like bring mayton up he's better luke williams probably better shortstop than d like they're all better but i mean freddie and andreas are clearly clearly better shortstops. And Freddie is like light years better. Like the difference between Freddie and Didi is like the difference between Andrelton Simmons and Freddie Galvis. If you know what I'm saying? Like he's light years better. Like he is a way actually, it's probably even bigger than that. It's probably even bigger than it's that. Bigger like than that. He, yeah, I know. I know. I was trying to do something there, Jack. He is light years better. It is, it is. You're making your team worse. And to your point, like, look, maybe Didi like can't play third base. Is that the only like, logical reason or to your point it's this like oh Didi's our shortstop thing always sign for next year he's our guy like it's stupid it's really stupid especially for a team right now jack like specifically right now this team that the phillies are where you're rolling out there a freaking quad a lineup other than bryce harper and gene segura every night now like guess what maybe save some runs defensively Maybe like every run matters in these games and you're probably not going to score a ton of them. Like it's, it's malpractice. Honestly, it really is. Yeah. So I just, just makes no sense to me. You know, I mean, maybe Didi's not comfortable playing anywhere else, but like, but like, dude, it's third base. Just, just go over and play third base or, or whatever. Like, but, the, but the trade for Freddie and then not playing up shortstop, it, it like, why did you trade for him then? 
Did he to play third base and be like a better Torres? Yeah, no, it's like, like trade for someone who can hit better and yeah. plays third base. Those guys were out there, you know. Yeah, I just it just it makes no sense to me, and I and I would trade like to for find Javi out. Javi Baez, what are we doing, right? Right, yeah, and he could thumbs. He would definitely give us a thumbs down. I think he would give. Oh, us- buddy. He might have come up with something even more aggressive than a thumbs down for right. us. Like, could you think he would have just given the finger? No, nah, I don't know about that. I don't know, but he would not. I don't think he would be very happy being here. Yeah, I don't think so either. What else you got? That it? That's all I got, my friend. Oh, That's buddy. all I got. Oh, we're having a cornhole tournament this Saturday at Four Fingers. If you want to come and play, oh, if anyone wants to come and play, so um, I'm I'm probably the best cornhole player this side of the Mississippi so oh um, really yeah elite cornhole player so oh okay all right twenty dollars to enter there's a link on our uh our Instagram page and uh Facebook page and Twitter page and you'll you'll be able to find the link if you want to sign up shocking that you think you're a great cornhole player it's not thinking it's more knowing (laughs) yeah Yeah, you think so yeah well again I don't think I know okay all right I'm I'm not gonna say I believe you but, you know, I'm happy for you. Oh, thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, six games against the Nats and the Mons. And hopefully we'll talk later in the week. I'm sure we will. We'll see how the week plays out. My mom's leaving soon. So I oh, it's about time. Schedule. It's about time. Yeah, Go we'll back to Florida. But, but, but just in case, um, and we can adjust if we talk again later, um, but, but what are you thinking here? Like, what, what's going to happen? Let, let's just go with the Nats series. They're going to sweep. Yeah. No, they're, they're not. gonna they're sweep. Really... <laughs> okay, they're gonna. I'm sorry, they're gonna sweep. I'm sorry to okay. to bring you down, pal, but they're gonna no, sweep the national. Up, buddy. I'll go two and three. I think they take two and three. You think the sweep, huh? Yeah, they're 100 sweeping. So, so that's gonna be a six game winning streak. It sure is, pal. Right. Six games. <laughs> that would be pretty um, poetic, right? Just when everyone a was out. Tank a tank again. Yep. <laughs> Whatever, whatever, right. listen, whatever gets them to that Brave series where they're in it is going to happen. That's my my ultimate takeaway. Whatever it takes to get to that Brave series, that's just what's going to happen. So they're going to sweep gonna the Nats. It's going to be a wild month then, buddy. A yeah, wild month. It really is. It really is. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Yeah, I wish I I wish I could say that. Uh, you got any final thoughts? <sighs> no, well, my, my one final thought is that uh, – you know, like Shohei Otani and Joey Votto openly have said that they went to drive line this offseason and they came back and they've had an unbelievable year. And I would just be woefully disappointed if we move away from that stuff for like, you know, line drives. So like or, or level swings. That's my, my final point is like, look at what those guys have done, have done. And let's believe more in that stuff than hitting the ball the other way. OK, that's my final point. I co-sign. Your final point. And I would like to make my final point just to once again say thank you, Javi Baez, for existing, for being you, for just doing what you do, buddy. Because a lot of joy, man. I do. You you really give me a lot of joy. I would like to go up to City Field for the first game back and just see what that crowd's going to be like. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Do you think think they like like Javi Baez more or Chase Utley? (laughs) Chase. They like Chase more than Javi? <laughs> I think they might, man. Wow. I think they might. Oh, I love it. I love it. Javi, uh, keep keep doing you, buddy. Thanks for the joy. All right, sweep. Jack, sweep? Yep. Never a doubt. <laughs> He's pretty himself. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.